Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Well, now that the Leafs are done, and it seems like forever ago Friday night, but uh, their season is finished. Um, do you see wholesale changes, Lucky, or uh, will some of the at the top guys, maybe the a Marner, a Nylander, a, a Matthews, or a Tavares, do you see one of them moving along? Uh, I don't. Uh, to be honest, I think a lot of fans want to see that happen. It's, it's the frustration. Take a breath. Mm. You know, we've had a couple of nights to sleep uh, now and, 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 and ponder. I, I think you will see some organizational changes. I don't know whether or not, and I've been reading a lot of the quote-unquote experts when it comes to this, whether or not the, the and that the big question is, does getting to the second round, is that enough mm. to keep jobs on the top level? Uh, you know, can it keep Sheldon Keefe his job? I don't know. Kyle Dubas, Brendan Shanahan, likely safer because they're the ones that make more calls. Do you like Sheldon Keefe as a coach? Do you think he's a good coach? Um, I, I mean... It's a team that has had back-to-back 100-point seasons. Right. So, right. you know, he's been able to use the the tools that he has, and he's got some very good tools. That's the problem. He's got very high-end tools when mm-hmm. it comes to this. And now, uh, I think what we saw in that Amazon special a couple of years ago is the relationship between Kyle Dubas and, and – um, and Sheldon Keefe, because they knew each other going back to Sault Ste. Marie. It's not as simple as, you know, Kyle Dubas just gets some players and Sheldon Keefe has to make them work. There's a lot of relationship that goes on between a head coach and general manager talking about the way that they want their team to play and how how they decide uh, to make moves like that. So, you know, I think there's a, a good relationship between the two of them, but... I, I think Leafs fans and the Leaf organization and, and, and faithful around Leafs Nation really want to see some sort of change made in order to try and improve their performance in the playoffs. Now, of course, you're always disappointed when your team doesn't move ahead. But between the two series, did you kind of walk away from it feeling good about the team? Was there anybody that disappointed you in the lineup? Uh, the way it played out was certainly a disappointment to go down Three nothing the way they did, or three one, uh, and then to go out four four one four two whatever it was. What yeah. Did they, what did they end up at four one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was done at five. Yeah. So, but here's the problem: outside of the first game of that series with Florida, which was uh, you know scored with an empty netter, mm. every other game was a one goal game, right? A couple of overtime games. You know, Leaf fans, if you look at the numbers purely, you'll say you know one regulation win. That's you know tough to come by uh, and tough to move on, but it also means you're really close mm. when you're losing overtime games. They 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 really are a toss up at that point. You know, I think the performances of the top four have been you know stated and overstated that they didn't get the store scoring that they needed in the playoffs. And you got to play a different type of hockey in the mm. playoffs. It's got to be more physical and tougher. Uh, are the Leafs incapable of playing that? No. They went out and guys, got guys like Ochari and O'Reilly uh, that can do that. And But the problem is, uh, you know, and Lafferty, another one, you got to find ways to intersperse those into your lineup if mm-hmm. you think that physicality is what you needed more of. I don't think they got outplayed in any of this series. I think they got a goaltended. Um, they ran into a really good goaltender in Sergei Bobrovsky. And the funny thing is, going into these playoffs, I said it, goaltending was the issue. 
when you look at who they had to who potentially had to face. You look at Vasilevsky in Tampa. They got by him, which is great. But then after that, it would either be Shesterkin uh, in in New York or you're dealing with an old mark in Boston. They didn't have to face either or. No one was talking about Bobrovsky in Florida right. as being a potential juggernaut. He ended up being one. So do you think Wall is the future goaltender? I think Wall established himself as, yeah. the, as the future goaltender of the Leafs through this series. And I, I think, you know, he looked really good. The problem is is that they didn't win it. No. And and you've got a game seven tonight that if Seattle wins in the West is a conference final between the last two expansion teams <laughs> in Vegas and Seattle. The castaways that people didn't want yeah, right, are right. able to put it together and get to the conference final. This will be the second conference finals for the Vegas Golden Knights. So they won a cup, right? No, they didn't win the cup. They didn't win it, but they made it to the, the, conf- the conference final. Yeah. It was the second one they've gotten to mm. in their, what, five years of existence? Right. And the Leafs haven't been able to do it. It's rigged. It's, rigged. it's all rigged. It, it's it's tough to watch. Um, is it uh, maybe one of the problems, I don't know if they ever changed this, is the trade deadline too close to the end of the season to allow the new guys coming in to gel with a, with a bunch of guys who have already figured each other out? I don't think so. No. I, I don't think so because you're not revamping your entire team. Right. You're adding one or two pieces. Right. They're supposed to help you along the way. And you've got months to do it. True. Right? You've got a couple of months and, you know, I think the way that the schedule goes, there's not a lot of practice time that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have morning skates, but it's not real practicing mm-hmm. uh, together. But uh, these guys know what they're doing. It's not like they're jumping into completely new systems. They know how it all works. It's just, it's a matter of just getting in there and getting into the games. And, and, and I, I don't think that's a, a good enough excuse. And was the puck in or not? Was it a goal? Well, it certainly was in. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in my mind, it's a goal. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I must admit, I didn't, when I watched it, I was watching it. I was at another rink, go figure, <laughs> with the kids. Um, so I, it was up on the screen there. I couldn't hear what was happening. I think, I think the problem I don't like with this rule is that it refers back to the call on the ice. And really and truly, when it comes to a goal, there really shouldn't be a call on the ice. It's just, you know, the puck was obviously in the, in the net. Let's, figure out whether or not in these situations um, video it shows that it was in or not because the, the the pad isn't pushed in by a player in those scenarios the play is dead and uh, and then before the pad and the goaltender is pushed in that didn't happen in this case whatever momentum he had carried himself and the puck mm-hmm. across the line that to me is a continuation of the play and that puck therefore is in as a result of the play um, you know, for him to determine that, well, I meant to blow it early and it might have extended over after. Nah, just keep the puck out. So you figure Keith and uh, and Kyle Dubas will uh, live for another day? I don't know about Sheldon Keefe. Oh, another Mother's Day in the books. And I got to tell you, honestly, you know, I lost my mom uh, back in 2014. So every year, sentimental. Remember, fondly. And have her lift bricks down from the attic. <laughs> the tradition that ends every year. Oh, Beryl loved to bring those bricks down. Sometimes she'd try to just take one at a time, but I say, hey, woman, bundle those bricks. Come on now. Use your legs, not your back. Anyhow, uh, I hope you had a great Mother's Day. 
uh, Daniel, my eldest, of course, our eldest, was, uh, I think he's mine. Um, <laughs> pretty sure. Uh, he was the only one, of course, because our younger one's off in Ireland and running around. But, okay. Uh, Ireland now. Yeah. And off to Berlin next. I thought he was in the Caribbean. I don't know where he is. Prison. <laughs> All I know is I'm still paying his college phone. That's what I know I'm doing. You enjoy Berlin. Right. Uh, so we, uh, we took uh, Maria out of the house. Took her out of the laundry room. Okay. Let her roam about. Get some fresh air. <laughs> oh, well, that's a treat. Yeah. Were you good to your mommy? I was. Yeah, good. I what was. What did you do? We uh, we we had dinner. Nice. And a meal. Uh, what did she cook for you? <laughs> Actually, I cooked it. Did you? Well, I helped to prepare it. Okay, that's good. Uh, Adrian and I uh, had the uh, had the moms together. Nice. Did the moms they, get along? They do get along. That's yeah. good. They 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 talk more than uh, than we talk to them. I think. <laughs> then they left your dad alone, which probably made him happy. <laughs> <laughs> you two enjoy all right. in the house. Yeah. So it was good. It was nice to. Uh, it was a nice day actually. A little cool at mm-hmm. times, but it, mm-hmm. but it was actually a good day to, to enjoy the sunshine. So the no, boys took care of uh, of their mom they, uh, with some uh, some prodding. <laughs> it's always- I felt bad actually. Sorry, because it, uh, we were out last week at the mall. Christian and I uh, were kind of hanging around there. His brother wanted to go and hang out with some friends, and so we were just kind of stuck around the mall area. Uh, and uh, and I took him into a store, and he found a mug. Um, um, for his mom that nice. he wanted to buy her, and he bought it with his own money. Um, and then uh, we got home. Adrian opened it yesterday, and the mug had a crack in it. Oh, it was no. in a box, oh, no. so you never would have known, right? right? Oh, you didn't look at it. You didn't take it out and look at it. Uh, why would you take the mug out of the box to look at it, right? So, um, so he didn't do that, and and so now we've got to return it and, no. and try to get it exchanged. But it just it kind of it didn't ruin it, but it, it was. Um, I think the first thing he'd gone out and bought with his own money. Oh, that's and nice. It, you know, he just got a debit card recently, so he used that. He was excited to buy something for his mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bloody things broke. Now, uh, this was Christian, yes? Yes. So did Evan step up, too? Um, I don't know if I'd call it <laughs> stepping or did, up. Or did he trip? Necessarily. <laughs> he uh, he stumbled over the gate. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he he got his mom, uh, he, he he made her a nice card. All right. And helped it out. And gave her yeah. one of those classic coupons for, uh, it's for something one. to be returned later. It's, uh, I, I just recently cleaned out uh, my uh, my bedside uh, dresser and I, and I came across this envelope stuffed. With all of those things. Oh, really? Yeah, I gave them to Maria. I said, you can use them. What right. other, you know? And I remember I was reading through them, and you get to take me to a movie. You get to buy me a hamburger. Right. Get, then, and the last one was, we can't do anything because now you're broke. Kids <laughs> always thought they were funny. <laughs> but I find it to be a nerve-wracking day. Because, like, so we got up Sunday morning, and Daniel was over. He had crashed uh, Saturday night. Okay. And uh, I, I, make up, I make up breakfast. And then Daniel has to go out and do some running around before we went to uh, Scarborough Bluffs. But he had to go out and do some running around. And I'm thinking, okay, please come back with something. Please. Yeah. Now I'm texting him. And I go, grab some Prosecco and some orange juice. Mm -hmm. We'll have a mimosa. And then I I made it look like, you know, he. It was all part of the plan. Part of what he did. Yeah. But then he's talking to me in the living room. And Maria's right upstairs. And he goes, oh, I almost missed the Prosecco because I didn't get your text. (laughs) Until the last (laughs) minute. Moron, university, master's and PhD, can't read a room, can't read a room. Um, so, you know, all day is kind of this like, well, when are you presenting her with something? Right, Don't yeah. Don't you have anything here? And he picked up 
uh, we went for a late lunch, early dinner at a restaurant. He picked up the tab. Oh, okay. So, okay. He, all right. And he, he kind of whimsically said happy Mother's Day at one point. You know, he just is not, uh, David's more overflowing with emotion. Gotcha. Daniel's a, a bit of a, he, uh, he's not one to spread the love around very right. much. Yeah. But, um, I just took a few extra reminders. Yeah. Even to the point of like Sunday morning, I could hear him rolling around his bed. Right, I was I was kind of I was already up. Right, and Adrian was sleeping. I was like, oh, still, like don't wake her. Mm-hmm. Right, but then I was like, so I texted him and just said, hey, you might want to get your ass out of bed <laughs> <laughs> and go finish up the touches yeah. on what you're whatever it is you think you're doing. <laughs> the liquid paper and the glue. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we got through it as long as all the mums were uh, looked like they were smiling. Right. At the end of the day, yes. even if they were faking it, <laughs> it's over for another year. Notice yesterday when we were roaming around the Scarborough Bluffs, very busy. Of course, it's Mother's Day, so families are doing stuff together. But, man, there was a lot of people out having picnics. And I've never, ever in my life, even as a younger person when I had interest in things, right? I, I never understood the picnic. <laughs> even when I was a kid and going to the beach, we'd go to Woodland Beach all the time for a you know, Sunday morning. We'd get up, we'd go, we'd spend the day, and blankets down on the ground. Eating on the ground, first of all, what am I, a dog? Mm. And two, all the effort to put together the food, put it in Tupperware, make sure it doesn't spill, get your blanket, get your cutleries, get your plastic plates and your plastic cups, pull it all together. Sometimes, even at the little portable, you know, the hibachi, the barbecue, you're going to, it all just seems like too much effort (laughs) for a meal. That's why we have patios at restaurants. I think I remember doing it as a kid. Or my, my parents would do that. And I, I remember, too, there were some parks. I don't know if they still have it. The last one I think I've been in was like Millican Park mm. in the north end. But I, I think uh, they used to still have some parks that had the grill yeah. there. You could just have to take your own charcoal along with it. That's right, yeah, the little, just like a little box. Yeah. Which, to me, always seemed kind of gross because <laughs> those things are never clean. Right. So now you're cooking your food on about 900 other meals that have been cooked there. <laughs> At least you can burn it off as long as you yes. got a, so it's got a barbecue brush with you. Listen, are we? is this like the 1800s? What are we doing <laughs> with our lives? And, and Maria's like, oh, look at everybody. Now, okay, there were a lot of extended families. And I get it if, you're, if you want to get together with a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles. And maybe there's no room for everybody to gather at a restaurant or on a patio, especially on Mother's Day when everything is very busy and booked. So I would I would pull it together for that kind of event. Right. But just for, like, the four of us to go and sit, <laughs> enjoy yourself. I'll, I'll meet you in the parking lot. I'll drop you off. We, uh, at one point, we were doing family reunions, like, every five, six years, whatever. Mm. One person would organize this whole right. thing. And there would, like, be, uh, we're talking, like, a hundred or so people that right. would come out to this. Like, extended families. Everybody's coming out. Yep. Right, and uh, and so they would rent a spot in a park and get a, a day out together, yep. and it would it's, it's amazing like to see everyone together and doing that. It'd be just one big kind of potluck within, mm. within each family that's happening. You're eating like cold chicken and cold <laughs> this and the, some crap sandwich. Ten thousand pounds of macaroni salad, potato sack races, or whatever the hell yeah. it is that we used to. Fine to do. Yep. And throwing a frisbee around or a ball, and, and you know, I guess, I guess when you look back on it fondly, because I just know I will never organize one of those <laughs> myself. <laughs> I mean, the getting down on the ground is one thing. The getting up, right, oh. is a whole other adventure. 
little uh, poll was done on who was hotter, a young De Niro or a young Pacino. And uh, about 277,000 people voted. It ended in a tie. 50-50. <laughs> They're equally as hot when they were young men. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. What about now? Is a 79-year-old father? Yeah. Well, he's obviously hotter. Someone had sex with him. Actually, I think now, I think De Niro is a better looking. Pacino looks odd now. Mm. There's a, there's a, because he's, he's trying desperately to hold on to some youth. So he's still got the, like, the long, the long mane hair. of hair. Uh-huh. Anyhow, whereas De Niro is, you know, he's showing his age. He's matured into his age. Johnny Depp just got a big fat check from Dior Cologne. He just set a record. He has signed a three-year deal to be a uh, 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 the face of Dior male uh, colognes, and uh, they're paying him twenty million dollars over three years. He first signed with them back in 2015. His new deal to be is the largest of any men's fragrance. Robert Pattinson did twelve million for Dior uh, before that, and Brad Pitt got seven million out of Chanel. So twenty million for Johnny Depp. You know, it is amazing that they can pull in that kind of money for something that, I mean, you're never going to get close to Johnny Depp to smell him. <laughs> right. 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 Like, like, so basically, they're preying on people looking at that and going, yeah, if he mm. uses it, I can use it, and I'll be popular too. Yeah, and I can have Amber Heard poo in my bed. Like, There's many models that they could use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if it smelled like her poo? Anyway, <laughs> it is, it, there's many models that they could use, and I'm sure very good-looking dudes, and would it make any difference? Well, you could pay them $1,000, right? Whereas women's fragrances, they've, they've done that. You, they just use, like, supermodels or mm-hmm. fashion models, yeah. but not necessarily always name ones. It's odd. Well, the other thing, too, is Johnny Depp uh, is at an age now where I don't know that young men who are getting into picking a fragrance right. would look to him as somebody they would want to, uh, you know, uh, get their advice from because he's, you know, late 50s or whatever he is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And isn't, I mean, I don't wear uh, any male fragrance. I've never been a cologne guy, but I would think. Oh, we can tell. <laughs> 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 but I, uh, but I would think it's just a male deodorant at some point. I need an antiperspirant is what I need. Why does my shirt always seem wet? Well, oh, that's so embarrassing for some dudes. Eh? Oh, I mean, I'm lucky I don't struggle with it, but I have friends who do. Right. It's just they just look like they've been hit into the pits with the hose mm. constantly. Anyhow, I would think now. Do you have a fragrance? Like I would think it's something you've picked out as a younger man and you probably stick with it you know what it's funny my my dad was always a polo guy yeah. and a polo green like the original polo mm. and and to the point where like his patients would comment on it like they, they mm. just he was their polo they'd go buy a fragrance section in eaton's right and smell polo and be like oh that smells like the dock and and so i had tried later on like the polo blue and i've stuck with that mm. and, and i've always used that but I don't. It's funny since the pandemic, and I didn't. No one was around you to smell. <laughs> I have barely used right. or gone through any. But I, I've always kind of stuck to that scent. Hmm. Uh, and they actually had. We had Evan last year because you know you start to 
you know, get noticed <laughs> for his scent. Oh, sure. Or, and hoping, hoping to notice other uh, other people noticing him. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, you can buy, like, a sampler uh, from, like, shoppers or something like that. And, and it'll give you, like, ten different ones, the little sample size sure. ones. Yeah. And that way you can figure out which one you like and smells good on you, So he too. didn't go to the Axe body spray? Like didn't so many go kids. straight to the Axe. No. no. Well, they were trying, like, at the hockey tournaments. They were sure. handing out the Axe, and we threw that crap away. Oh, yeah, my uh, my youngest, he... Uh, smelled toxic. Oh, our house smelled like an Axe factory. Right. Um, yeah, and I said this to you uh, years ago, I remember sharing with you. That Maria used to say, oh, their smell has arrived. Mm-hmm. They get to be about 12 or 13, and they start going through puberty. Wow, and the the hockey room is oh, the yeah. worst oh, part of it, too. The gag, gag, bag of maggots. Oh, it, it's, it's like someone opened up a vat of Doritos. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's horrible. It smells like feet. Yeah, oh, yeah. I go with a garlic and onion scent. Right. That's, that's me, anyhow. <laughs> Um, there's a surprise cameo in Fast X. Uh, Vin uh, Diesel, of course, and The Rock did not get along, and The Rock made it very clear that he's not a fan of Vin Diesel and had no intention of returning to the uh, Fast and Furious franchise. But I guess uh, there's a su- surprise cameo in the post credit scene. I don't know if that means he's going to have a larger role moving forward because Diesel said... The big finale was to be split into two movies, but now the studio wants a trilogy, which means you're going to get Fast 11 and 12. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And Ted Lasso was going to be a much different show, and the title character was supposed to be much more belligerent. But uh, Jason Sudeikis says Donald Trump changed all that. He said the minute Trump came down that escalator to announce his presidential bid is when uh, he unlocked a horrible side of people. And uh, he said he just hated how the world turned, so he wanted Ted to be a softer, more compassionate human being. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't watched it. You have, but I hear uh, it's really gone more into a drama and heavy-handed now than it did the first season. It takes a lot of different turns. It started off as a real you know, kind of comedy. And, and, yeah. and the, you know, he's listening. He's an American football coach coaching soccer in England right. and, and, and plays that role you know, of, the, of the dummy mm. uh, so well. But then, yeah, there are episodes that kind of go off into tangents. Mm. And I find now, and what I, I, this is a problem with streaming, I think, in general, is because they've announced that it's done. Right? This is right. the final season. And so because of that, I could care less about character development now. Just get mm. to the point. Right? <laughs> right. You know, you're going to do a whole episode letting you know more about some character and how they, they're feeling. Who cares? It's over. It's over. Yeah. It's like, get to the point of where this is going. Are they going to win or not win? Like, yeah. Let me know. Does Ted get the girl or not? Exactly. Yeah. Now, we've talked a lot about uh, odd and strange things that get auctioned off from celebrities, but this would be something I would bid on. The actual bar from the set of Cheers... It's the auction block in Dallas. And George Went and John Ratzenberger, who of course were uh, Norm and Cliff, um, were there on hand for the auction. It's going for a hundred grand. The bar includes the counter in three sections, brass railings, the burgundy bar stools, and the back bar unit. Holy cow. Yeah. Current bid's a hundred grand. That's it? Uh, this, yeah. Well, I guess it'll go to an auction, right? So it'll yeah. probably go up from there. Um, but all of the cast had also carved their, their names into Get it. out. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And interesting that those two stories you just said were back-to-back, because Jason Vegas, his uncle, is George Went. Look at that. Huh? Weaving, weaving. You didn't even know it. Nope.
The Godfather of the Grill for Holinda's Meats. It's Ted Reader, and he joins us now. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. <laughs> Good morning, Lucky. I see a great photo of you, Ted, at the joint El Dorado Golf Course in uh, Brooklyn, where you are about to mow down on your yard bird charcoal <clears throat> grilled chicken sandwich. This is a beast of a sandwich. <laughs> Uh, it's just a chicken sandwich with some brie and some bacon and a little bit of spiced caramel applesauce on it. It's pretty tasty. Yeah. Pretty tasty. Great. It looks really good. We're having some fun out there. We had a crazy, crazy first week. Um, we thought we were doing a slow opening, but we got slammed. Mm. And uh, we sold out of everything, and, wow. and as we should with our brisket. We, yeah. uh, we smoke every day, and uh, so there's only so much, and when we're out, we're out. Um, Can't just go open the fridge and say, "Here's one." Ted, you mentioned the brie, and I guess that's one of the good cheeses that you can put onto a barbecue or grill. I know I, I we fall in love with halloumi uh, at our house. Just it's got that like kind of salty flavor, and it it doesn't melt. You can put it right on the grill and uh, and get it kind of softened up, and it's amazing. What are, are those? Some of the best cheeses to grill with. Well, the best grilling cheese, really, halloumi is is one of the the finest cheeses for grilling because it holds together, right? And uh, and can be grilled, and which is perfect. Brie, we just put it on top of the chicken so that it melts in there because it's very creamy, right? And so, if you tried to put that on the grill, it'll just melt right through the grill, and your coals are covered board, in cheese. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd either put it on a board to plank it and smoke it, which is really great to do. Um, but as a garnish on a sandwich or a steak sandwich, chicken, beef, pork, brie's always a lovely, lovely thing. Now this halloumi cheese, because I've I've never grilled it. Uh, do you eat it straight up as a side, or do you slice it and put it on a burger once it's grilled? No, but best is is you can either chop it up and cube it and put it on like if you're making kebabs. Okay. Um, but really, it can be eaten just on its own, drizzled with a little bit of olive oil. Yeah, it takes on whatever flavors you want to add to it. So if you wanted to put a little bit of garlic and lemon in it, uh, some fresh oregano or other fresh herbs, it's going to take on those flavors, and it's quick and easy to do on the grill. It's nice, simple. You know what? I've never thought about that, Ted, because any time we've done it, uh, we just put a little bit of olive oil, like you said, on, on the halloumi, and that way it won't stick uh, to, to the grill. And, and you can actually see it kind of melting into the grates a little okay, bit, yeah. but it won't. Uh, fall apart and melt through, but something like you know, if you want to, if you want to add it to like an Indian dish, you put on your Bollywood bone dust, or you put some of the jerk bone dust on there, and, and have that flavor to it. I never thought of that. Oh yeah, yeah, you can change things up. I mean, you're only limited by your imagination, Lucky. So give your head a shake. So I'm very limited. <laughs> We don't want to know what he's imagining. Um, now, Ted, we were, uh, we, like you just mentioned, Indian food, and we were out actually yesterday having um, uh, a late lunch, early dinner uh, Indian uh, meal, and it was terrific. But one of the things on their um, on their menu was chicken wings, and I was commenting. We did order them, and they were amazing. But it, chicken wings have become, from the thing that just got thrown away, to a, uni a universal cuisine. It seems every country has their own version of the chicken wing, and uh, they, they are really probably the most popular food item going. Yeah, they are. And uh, and the price, there's a, every chicken only has two wings. And, <laughs> right. so the, and people want to eat, like, oh, I'll have a dozen there, I'll have a pound of wings, and, 
and off you go. So the wings are uh, yeah, definitely a, a food that is worldwide and takes on the flavor of anything you want to put with it. You can uh, you can grill it, you can smoke it, you can boil it, uh, and then finish it in your oven if you so desire. But they roast up perfectly, and of course deep-fried the chicken wing is a mighty mighty fine thing it certainly is yeah it's yeah good. yeah a little bollywood on that is good jerk uh, drizzled with some honey is a nice thing a little barbecue flavor whatever you want to do right have some fun just make sure that you're cooking those wings all the way through and you want to cook uh, a chicken wing to about 185 degrees so that it just slides right off the bones and, and finally, just before we let you go, uh, I remembered a little tip you had shared with us years ago now when it comes to kebabs. And a lot of times when you buy uh, pre-prepared kebabs, they'll come with the beef or chicken and the vegetables. And I remember, and I just bought a, a few a couple of nights ago, and I remember Teddy saying, do not grill kebabs all together with the meat and veggie because they cook at separate times. So right. I took all the veggies off the sticks, all the meat off the sticks, and then combined all meat on a stick all veggies on stick, and uh, and did it that way. And that is the tip for anybody heading into the uh, summertime, right? That's for sure. And usually, you know, you get your, your chicken one, or if you're doing chicken or meat, you start the meat. And when it's about half done, throw on your veg and start cooking those. And uh, even if you get your veg done before the meat, it can sit up on the top rack. But you want to get a nice char flavor, and you want a nice even cook. When you've got the veg and the meat together, you know, the meat is a little bit more durable on the mm -hmm. grill. You don't mm -hmm. have to be as gentle. And so when the meat and veg are together quite often is that the veg, you're, as you're turning it, the veg fall off. Right. Right? Right. So pack them tight. Use, uh, you know, whatever you want, zucchini, onions, mushrooms, uh, little tomatoes. You know, they burst and fall off the skewer. That's kind of a waste, so don't bother with those. Okay. But, uh, you know, onions and peppers are sweet and simple and easy to do. Perfect. And we'll grill a lot of them this summer, and we'll come and see you at the joint. You are now <clears throat> officially open for the summer. And that sandwich looks damn tasty, Teddy. Did you finish it all by yourself? No, no, no. I gave that uh, I gave that to someone else to eat. Perfect, perfect. I can't eat that and then keep cooking. No, I'll fall just, asleep at the grill. Asleep. That's right. You'd be out cold with big grill marks on the side of your face. <laughs> That's it. Where's Ted? <laughs> Grilling his head. Put a little mayonnaise on it. All right, That's Teddy. It. How can people get a hold of you to talk about the joint or grilling? You're going to find me, well, at the joint. So check us out at Ted Grills on social media. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.